This is Scheme to Death with noted college football columnist Murph Baldwin delving deep into scheme and personnel as only he can do. And now, your host, Murph Baldwin. Baldwin. I, I, you already know what time is. You in the scheme to death, a Trojansports.com podcast, which means you need to get on over to Trojansports.com, get yourself a subscription so you can see why we are the best. <laughs> I am your host, Murph Baldwin from Trojansports.com. You know, I got them film studies. Blowing your mind, showing you the intricacies of the sport, and with the particular, your Trojans. Your Trojans that, you know, has some stuff to work on, but that's why they play the game, right? Alright? But of course, at Trojansports.com, we have Adam J. Maya, the best beat reporter on the left coast. The man's getting you on the ground level. Showing you what's going on You know, getting that Breaking news Everything you can possibly think of From a particular beat writer Extraordinaire like Adam J. Maya And of course we have the publisher Chris Swanson Not only is he the best publisher On the left coast He too Has a talent And that talent being bringing you closer To the recruits Man gets his recruiting chops popping Early and often, the kids love to talk to him, and he always gets the good scoop. So, that's the Trojansports.com Pound Staff. Bring you that stuff that you love to hear, that you love to read. We got it all, right? Best in the business. No, it ain't nobody from Scout or Inside the Trojans or whatever. These shots that you guys uh, mention at times, because I know you're not over there because you're at Trojansports.com because it's where the players play, right? Speaking of where the players play, them Trojans over there in Southern California facing the lowly Oregon State Beavers, my Oregon State Beavers, as I said before in a previous podcast, the relationship with some of the guys on the staff, I really like those guys as far as their teaching methods, they just do not have the talent, and we saw that against USC because USC could pretty much do what it wanted to do and you can tell that's exactly what was going on um i told you before like when you're approaching these type of games and you know that the talent discrepancy is so huge it's time to work on something you're not going to get a better uh, barometer or a better practice session I don't want to call it a practice session. Disrespect those guys like that. But that's pretty much what it is, man. If you think that going into the game, like, man, our throw game needs some work. Uh, we need to get some of these young receivers some work. Phyllis um, Jones, Tyler Vaughns, Joe Lewis, Josh Amaterbebe, um, Josh Fallow. All of these guys need to get integrated into the offense, among others. Man, there was all kinds of young Trojans out there um, getting their getting their game on, trying to get on the same page with Sam Darnold. Uh, excuse me, I'm a little bit under the weather, if you could tell. But I'm still smooth and sexy. Got that baritone going on all in my own ear. I'm like, man, giving them eargasms with my mellow accent. So, um, 
yeah, so with the with the young guys out there, man, you're gonna want to practice your stuff, man. You're gonna want to jump in that cheetah personnel, get those receivers popping, uh, work on some of them Seattle routes, uh, work, work your levels, uh, go uh, your multi read progressions, that type of stuff, because you know that Oregon State can't do anything about it. Yeah, you may turn the ball over, it may look a little sloppy at times, but you know. At the very least, you can lean on that running game. Not to mention, speaking of the running game, uh, the offensive line integrating in some new starters, which I think in the long run is going to work out. I actually like this version of the offensive line a lot. It, it's uh, it's it's bigger, uh, lengthier. Um, not to say that, of course, you won't miss somebody like Vianney Telemavile, but integrating these guys in, these are some big-time recruits that are, are, are being integrated in so, you know, you could lean on that run game when you wanted to. You know, that Rojo was going to get it cracking. But you want to see what the throw game is about with some of these young guys, man. And, hey, for, to me, Pat, test passed. Test passed for the most part when we're talking about that. Now, did Sam Darnold do some of these things that we've seen him do and with the turnovers and, and some of the side adjustments not working out? Yes. Yes, maybe – it's time to come to have a come to Jesus moment. Then that's just what Sam Darnold's going to do. Uh, he's there have been really great quarterbacks, really good quarterbacks that have turned the ball over with consistency. I used to think that Matt Ryan, he was good for like one of them a game here in Atlanta. You can't say he's not a great quarterback. I mean, he's reigning MVP, isn't he? I believe he is. Uh, just what's going to happen, but it's about the plays that they do make. Although projecting that forward, though, when there's a team who can compete with you, um, at least from a mesh of talent and scheme, like, say, Utah coming up here, even though it lost to a common opponent, if you're doing NCAA football math, which you should never do because, quite frankly, different schemes bring about different things and different personnel matchups. They say styles make fights. Uh, so I try to tell Chris Swanson about style makes styles make fights. Him and I both are big boxing heads. We were bumping heads over the Canelo Triple G matchup going back. And I was telling him about styles making fights. Yeah, Triple G knocking out big middleweights and all that. But it's a big difference if you got a guy who can beat you to the punch. I got a guy who's just as powerful and a guy who can take a punch and may have a, um, a a little bit different kind of a style than you've seen. So the same thing can be said with Utah, even though it lost to a Stanford team. A Stanford team that may be, may be surging a little bit more. We can see with this particular run game, which gave USC fits as well. So Utah offers some some things that kind of scare me too. Um, but we'll get in that later on the B side of the podcast where I do the scheme breakdown for the opponent. But I just wanted to talk about this particular game with Oregon State and some of the things that I saw, some of the things that I like. All right, so one of the things that I really like was that opening touchdown to Tyler Vaughn's from a scheme perspective. Those of you know what you're looking at, that was a nice, nice call going against a cover three zone look. Uh, you had off-man coverage to the top. Maybe I'll do something on this bad boy. You know what? Maybe I'll keep it exclusive to this for the scheme to death trojansports.com podcast listeners um, to get some of these film breakdowns, but get him, but get them sonically where you just got to be able to follow along, baby. So um, let, let me paint the picture. So USC is in cheetah personnel. 
Um, you have your running back at death. I believe it was my man Malapai. Uh, you have maybe Tyler Petit, I think, aligned at an H back. So you're almost given a look of some type of split zone where uh, Petit would give a cross formation block for the end man on the line of scrimmage coming from uh, right to left. Or it would be some type of maybe some type of kickout block sweep kind of thing. Um, so you had to play action to Malapai. Uh, your three receivers in the formation, you had a two-by-one set to the field. Um, I believe at the top was Steven Mitchell, and the slot was Deontay Burnett, and then you had your ISO backside receiver and Tyler Vaughn. So Oregon State's running a cover three, and it's obviously in a cover three, you're going to have a single high safety. Um, you can call it cover one, cover three, or whatever the variation of it is, but you pretty much have off man to the top against uh, Mitchell super off man. I'd say about an 11 yard off man, 10 yard off man at the, on the backside there against Vaughn, you have more of a press off man. You know, if you get what I'm saying, that shadow technique stuff, but they're playing zone straight up. So it becomes on this middle man, this center fielder here, to create the proper, to take the proper read and to take the proper angles. However, he gets into a conflict of assignment because it's zone underneath. So you run an over route with your slot receiver, Deontay Burnett, who is a decoy route. So for, for those of you talking about play calling, play call these nuts because watch this bad boy and look at it. And you can't tell me that's not the bomb. So he's running an over route and he throws his hands up like, hey, pass me the ball kind of thing. He's not getting the ball in that situation. Not at all. However, that causes an eye violation with the single high safety with Tyler Vaughn's taking an inside approach to his to his um post route. He ran a post straight and was straight gone. This kid has some wheels. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and, and see what type of wheels this kid has, man, because he was running um, faster than I've seen some of the Z receivers run, especially like a Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, he 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 was getting after it, but then again, he was going against Oregon State's corners, and we don't know about the speed of those guys. Although I know that they're coached up probably as well as they could be coached up by Coach Hall over there. Um, so if he's running an inside release post, and you have that single high safety, his first thing is going to be whatever crosses his face first, and that happened to be Deontay Burnett with that over route, and boom, he gets to taking the school. You know, because it's not going to be anyone else chasing him because the outside guy on the backside, it's, it, he's got to work that deep zone. So he got has to make sure that Deontay Burnett doesn't cross over into his zone as well and catches a pass and runs it in. So you put the single high safety in a conflict of interest, and boom, you have yourself an explosive touchdown. It was awesome. I liked it a lot. Uh, I was jumping out my seat on that bad boy. No doubt about it. Another thing that I like, uh, maybe kind of an innocuous play to most, but it was cool to me because um, it's like you got to see the future when you're working on your 11 personnel that I told you before, one back, one tight end, three receivers. That was going to be the uh, personnel grouping of choice while you're working on your stuff, right? So this play had my guy Josh Amaterbebe at the top on the backside ISO to the boundary. It had Michael Pittman, his big butt 
big tall self in the slot. And you had Trevon Sidney, a real thin cat out there um, with, with some wheels as the um, X receiver. Um, actually, I believe he was at the Z receiver um, off the line of scrimmage. However, you had your man at death and Rojo, Rojo for my Latin brothers. And what it was was your standard ISO play. So first it looked like it was going to be um, some type of split zone, just like the the one previously. However, they saw, Sam Darnold saw the strength of the formation as far as the defense on that on the field side with Pittman and Sydney, that the guy was too far off to really help. So you would go ahead and get that quick nine route out to Sydney, and um, you would get Pittman a little bit of blocking on the guy, and then they're outflanked. And all you have to do is break a tackle. So a, a guy like that, um, he looked real thin, but he was able to break a tackle, man. He took that bad boy like 20-something yards. And that's an extension of your run play. You know, it doesn't take the place of a run as far as physicality goes, but the results are the same because it's probably your early down stuff you want to go to because people are more focused on the run. So you get the ball out on the perimeter. You eat up chunks of yards like that for you play calling nerds. And this particular game was funny from the standpoint that you could tell even with integrating new guys into the personnel or new personnel into the formations or whatever like that. I mean, they was trying out. You've seen all the guys that I've named Vilas Jones and Michael Pittman, Trayvon Sidney, Josh Matcher, baby. All these guys are freshmen, retro freshmen being integrated in that. They still were doing pretty smooth in the RPO game and, and the run game, you know, working on this stuff. But you had two turnovers in the first what first half of the first quarter? Think about that. Yet, um, the turnover by Jenny Harris on the punt return. Then you had Sam Darnold with the fumble. Imagine if those two plays didn't happen, and you just went and scored, which it was looking like you would have. That would have been twenty-eight to nothing in the first quarter. Then is anybody talking about anything? Then that is an official blowout in the first half of the first quarter, and it's a wrap. You could dang near fire up the band and throw all kinds of people out there. Matt Fink would have been out there in the second quarter. Think about that. And then I get word um, from my man Adam Maya about Sam Darnold and the quote that he gave him. Um, I guess I'm paraphrasing. I have to paraphrase this particular quote. I don't, I don't remember it straight out. Something to the effect of, uh, people picking up on tendencies. We have to a little bit do a little bit better about picking up on tendencies. Now I like Sam Darnold. I like him a lot. Um, do I believe he's the best quarterback in the entire country? No, he's not the best quarterback in the entire country. He's one of them. I think there's room for other guys to to hold that particular title as well. And one being right across the town in at UCLA. As painful as that may sound for some of you people to digest, but man, you cannot, you can't do that. I don't know anybody that would look at something like that and be like, you know what? That's a good thing to do. A good thing to say, no matter how you're feeling, because as a quarterback, 
you, you got to take the blame as much as you because you get all the praise as well. There's no mentioning in that um, if if p- they're picking up in your tendencies, there's no mentioning of, well, I got to stop staring down receivers. Ooh, why doesn't that mention? Or there's no mention of um, on the side of just I, I have to be able to come off that read and then and, and come on on somewhere else. There's no mention of stuff like that. You know, there's a you can fool a lot of the people, but you can't fool the film. You know, that's why they say the eye in the sky doesn't lie because of stuff like that. There's a lot of things that he's not doing very well at all. And these are against, I think, decent defenses. Nobody I've seen that they've played where I'm like, oh, my God, this is Clemson, like Clemson's defense. Imagine if if you had to play them right about now and the type of traps that they can put you in. It's almost like trapping someone in boxing, you know? You wanna you wanna you wanna shoot out the jab to have them respond, but you can come with a counter, a counter uppercut or something like that, you know? They'll set traps and and, and roll coverage and zone blitzes with better athletes than you've seen um from a Oregon State <laughs> and, and teams like that, right? So I don't know. I don't. I don't dig quotes like that, especially from quarterbacks. I don't know. I think he actually may benefit from coming back another year. Uh, he could very well catch fire. Uh, I expect him to eventually catch fire, and maybe he should leave. But man, if things go the way it's going right now, when you start hearing quotes like that, he has a lot to learn, and it's gotta keep mentioning it. Bears repeating. He's only in his first what fifteen, sixteen games of, as being a starter. So, you know, it's not like he got three seasons under his belt as a starter. So some things you got to learn, but man, there's a lot of blame to go around. You can say stuff about play calling, but it's like I said in the last show, it's about execution, execution. I never blame a coach for nothing because I ain't like they're calling stuff for it to not work. But just because they call it doesn't mean it's going to work. You still have to execute accordingly. You still have to adhere to proper mechanics. You still have to adhere to whatever it takes to get the job done. Uh, like I said before, you can't stare down receivers. Like at this particular point in the game, man, you're just you're just giving it there. And I hope you all saw my breakdown of Washington State. Uh, I guess it was a review of some of the stuff that was going on. I broke down a couple of plays from, from um, Darnell um, to where, man, he was leaning off. Uh, he was leaning off of his foot. And this is just wild mechanical things and staring down receivers and I broke down a particular play with Josh and Matthew Bebe where it was a, um, an interception. And Josh is definitely partly to blame for that as well. He rounded off his route, something serious. Uh, but, man, they both were in on that. But there were a few more plays we know that could have been intercepted. And, and even in the Oregon State game, man, you talk about uh, the guy who floated the zone. Uh, he was just staring at the just staring at his target. Just like, you know, let me stare you down. So there's a lot of things to clean up at SC. But with that being said, you're still, what, 5-1? and one? <laughs> Don't get any better than that. You know you can play better ball and you have good competition coming up, one being Utah, and you can right the ship and still end up in the college football playoffs. That's what I said. No need to panic, but there is there is room for concern if you're being objective about it, which only I can do. Not which only I can do, which I can – only do put it that way meaning i'm not going to do anything other than that you know i don't have a dog in a fight like that i just want to 
give you guys was real and on scheme to death. So if I see it out there and I feel it, that's what it is. Uh, we're going to have differing opinions here at the site, ChildrenSports.com, because, you know what I mean, we're, we're all, we have different eyes, you know, different football eyes. So that will make ChildrenSports.com good is you have some people, we're not afraid to tell the truth at this site. I think some of these other sites play up to the crowd, and that's not our objective at ChildrenSports.com. So thank God they allow me the room to be critical when necessary and they allow me the room to really pump it up when it's there. Just allow me the room to be myself and, and to use my skills and knowledge of playing football and covering football for the past four or five years or however long it's been. So I'm thankful for that. You know, I've been at other sites, Georgia, where, you know what I mean, the people just straight clowns. You know what I mean? Scared of the people out there, scared of the subscribers and whatever like that. So you can't really be yourself and you can't be critical of stuff without them getting antsy. So we don't have that problem at Trojansports.com. But I on the other side, man. Well, hold on before I get there, man. I want to talk about Matt Fink and his wills. Old boy was gone. Going something serious. So he was going so good that I wouldn't mind seeing him again. He's like a wildcat. He could be a wildcat quarterback you, you put in. He's got Will Sam Darnold couldn't even dream about having. And I think there's opportunity for him to get some looks in the Utah game if they were to go that route. I know it's hard to take a guy like Sam Darnold off the field. Um, because he's virtually well, Andrew Luck, you know what I mean? So you wouldn't want to be taking Andrew Luck off the field. But if you can, the guy you put on there can cause some matchup problems. And I've seen this in his last game when Stanford played Utah, which we'll get into here in a second. He can offer something different, something special. I like Matt Fink, at least his wills. I need to see him play quarterback, though. And also shout out to the defense. Same same cast of characters, Chenna Nuoso, Christian Rector. Going ham, getting it in. Kenny Bigelow. Man, where have you been? Kenny Bigelow. Think about that. Rasheen Green, of course. Man, the defense is just going to do what the defense does, you know. The defensive backfield is a little shaky. Um, but we already know that, right? The corners, put it that way. The corners are a little bit shaky. Love the safeties. Um, but coming up in this particular game man i don't know i don't know but we'll talk about it a little bit more on the other side you listen to scheme to death Scott Storch did his thing on that one. I remember that bad boy back in the day. Mm-hmm. That joint came out. The party. Yeah, let's just say the boy was involved in some some real good grinding at that particular point in time. I'm married now. I'm married now. But at that particular point in time, I was the man in the single life. I was doing my thing, right? All right, then, so 
got Utah on deck. Utah is an interesting team to me. Although it just lost to Stanford, which I think kind of, I don't know if that actually brings the hype down in this game as USC has a loss as well. But before that particular loss, I wouldn't doubt that a lot of people would actually pick Utah to beat USC. In particular, if its starting quarterback, Tyler Huntley, was available. Because that kid, my God, I think that kid is an absolute superstar waiting to happen. They got him out of Florida. One of those overlooked kids in Florida. That's how it always happens. You go to these hotbeds, you'll get a cat, um, six foot one, 190 pound cat like that, that the, the Florida and Florida State and all these guys aren't looking at Miami, Georgia, Alabama, and you get come out there to a Utah. Somebody believe in them, and then you see them, and you're just like, my God. Uh, that's the kid number one, Tyler Huntley. And he got injured in the Arizona game in the second quarter. So those are the games that I watched. I watched the BYU game, Arizona game, Stanford game for some doing my scheme to death thing to where I take the notes almost like a college scout would take notes with the abbreviations and everything. I've seen these scout sheets and stuff like that on the road and knowing some of these guys out there. And that's how they, they do it. They take the notes like that and. You just got to be able to read your own abbreviations. And I got a ton of them from being a writer. So if Tyler Huntley was in this game, he of the 73% completion percentage, them working that quick game, something serious. They have a couple of backs in Zach Moss and Devontae Henry Cole, a couple of five foot 10, 210 cats, um, power, balance, quickness, speed. I think they have a really, really good run game. I really do between those couple, between those two gentlemen there. Um, they like to run a lot of the split black twenty one personnel. The quarterback came from Eastern Washington. I remember watching the thing. I'm like, man, this looks. Some of these concepts look a little familiar. And if you can remember, Bo Baldwin, the former head coach of Eastern Washington, was hired by Cal to be the offensive coordinator. Your man Justin Wilcox. So his offensive coordinator hired right here at Utah. My man Kyle Whittingham, one of the best defensive minds in the business by by far. And it looks like it's a pretty good fit. Um, it's definitely not a pro style. I would call it maybe a tempo, one of those tempo offices with some pro style concepts. But I would consider it more of a spread. So it's very multiplicative in some of the things that they do. And they're going to really challenge you up front, which Good luck with that against USC's defensive front. But however, you got to play. They're on scholarship too, and they and they're four and one team or five and one team or whatever, four four one, and they're going to challenge USC to really bring its a game. I really do believe that in this particular game, this Oregon State was a nice bounce back, and I think Oregon State was great from the standpoint of getting young guys some playing time, but the level, talent level, coaching level, all of that, it's by far drastically different speaking of um man i don't know if i could tell that story but uh let's say a good buddy of mine out here that i've known that i said that I was good friends with on the oregon state staff and he hit me up and kind of alluded me to some stuff said he might be getting a job and this and that and boom look at you know he's the freaking interim head coach at oregon state at the white after they played the Trojans, crazy, huh? Coach Anderson, my man from Wisconsin, out of there. My man, Coach Hall, the interim head coach. So we'll see how that goes over there. Good luck to my man, Coach Hall. 
But yeah, so we'll see some some of these same same stuff that we seen at Cal, man. We think Cal did a pretty decent job. Remember, it was me, missing Demetrius Robertson, so that could have been really bad for USC. However, this particular team is missing his quarterback, man, and that guy's sick. And uh, normal quarterback who was the starter last year, Troy Williams, eh, he aight. The best I can say about him is he aight. He can make the throws. He can make all the throws, but he can, can he consistently make them? I don't think so. And his accuracy is horrible. He can detach from the pocket a little bit, so maybe that could be uh, a saving grace for those guys. But, come on, there's too many athletes on USC and Christian Rector and those guys out there that are going to pinch down and get in your behind. Furthermore, I believe the – Offensive line can be a bit suspect at times, but it obviously plays a lot better behind Huntley as he knows how to get rid of the ball extremely fast. My man Williams will hold on to the ball, but he has a basketball corpse for receiver. No doubt about it. Um, the SE fans should know, of course, the cat, the Oregon transfer, Darren Carrington, six foot three, two 205 pound cat. He can go vert. Uh, he can work the mid and quick game. He's a monster, a complete monster. I think about all the guys on the schedule. Demetrius Robertson, if he would have played the guys at Washington State, I think about the the Cal um, guys that were there. What else we talking about? Texas. Texas has some some monsters and stuff. But he could very well be the best receiver SC has seen thus far. Don't quote me on that because I'm having a hard time right now remembering some of the other guys. Definitely not anybody from Oregon State. All that one dude, I think his name was Collins or something like that. He was he's pretty dope at Oregon State. He was number twenty two, I think. But Carrington, yeah, Carrington's an NFL cat. I don't know uh, the reason he transferred. Uh, uh, that tends to slip my mind right now. But if in a vacuum, if we're just talking about playing, he can get busy. And I have a tough time believing Amar Marshall has anything to offer this dude if they really want to get after it. The saving grace being the the quarterback not being accurate. He's like a 50% completion guy, so uh, he could definitely give Amon Marshall some bunnies or Jack Jones or who, however they want to run that. But they got the entire corpse, at least the top three guys that they go to. Um, they have a freshman. I, I really like him. His name is uh, Samson, Samson Nakua. This guy, six foot, 389-pound freshman. Man, I like the way this kid looks. I like the way he moves. Very physical, very physical, man. I think he may be second on the team in catches right now as a, as a, as a freshman. They have um, it's Cat Wilson. I think it's C.O.C. Wilson, six foot two hundred and ninety three pound cat, and Raylan Singleton, six foot three two hundred and twelve pound cat. So that's four cats, all over six foot two or six foot two and 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 taller, that can all get busy. Some of these cats like Singleton can really go get it, and. Like I said before, my man does have an arm. He can get loose that way. So Christian Rector and my man Uchenna Nuoso and some of the other guys that I named on the interior, if they're not able to get home, that could be problems. We'll see. SC's defensive um, passing, SC's passing defense to me is still suspect. Still suspect. But what helps it out, obviously, is that pass rush and then uh, the scheme, of course, running that running that whatever they're going to do at the particular time. It was cover two, single high kind of jaw. They really do a fantastic job of, of trying to confuse quarterbacks that way. And the defense we know is, is pretty good. So I would like to see what's going on with them against the rush. If, if you talk and establish that run game with those two backs that I mentioned, I don't think that 
either one of them are game breakers, like say Bryce Love. And speaking of, ooh, man, Bryce Love is the truth. He very well to me is better than Christian McCaffrey. I don't like to always do the comparison thing. Everybody loves to do that, but just I would say that he's good enough to replace Christian McCaffrey and make you really not think about him. You can't really say that they're missing something in a run game this year, even with Christian McCaffrey being on the Carolina Panthers because Bryce Love can get after it, boy. Man, you talk about some Jets. I love to see Rojo get after it in a race with Bryce Love and see what's going on there. I think Bryce Love might actually get him, though. But Stephen Carr and Bryce Love, ooh, boy. So speaking of, so I told y'all before, man, I'm always behind the loop. I didn't know Stephen Carr wasn't going to play. So, um, yeah, forgive me there. But as long as Rojo plays, that's all I need to know because that boy is extremely physical there. But So, yeah, they're, they're two backs. Um, can they get after USC? We've seen Bryce Love have some success. We've seen some other guys have some success at, like, Western Michigan. It's, can SC put together a complete game plan to where it can stop the run and really stifle someone's passing attack. And that's when we'll start to see holding those guys to seven and ten points like the championship-type team it is. So this will be a nice statement game, I would say so, from that particular standpoint. But they have some players on that offense, and to me, the defense may be the main event, believe it or not. I guess it it wouldn't be unbelievable considering who the coach is, but... I like the scheme. The scheme is extremely aggressive. I've seen a lot of zero coverage. Um, if you don't know, for those of you who don't know out there, zero coverage is uh, pretty much relying on complete man across the board with no safety help over the top. So you'd be blitzing your safeties and giving no help over the top. That takes guts to do because a lot of cornerbacks out there just don't have it like that. And that's throughout NFL, college, high school, whatever like that. It's just a lack of, uh, a lack of coverage ability throughout football period. And you see cats can't get their head around people leaning on the whole um, in phase, out of phase coverage type where you just play the ball and not the man. If you feel your beat off the line and all this and blah, 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 blah. Not too many Deion Sanders running around. Not too many Darrell Revis is running around anymore. So um, we'll see. We'll see. But these guys have pretty decent um, cornerbacks at Utah that are pretty good coverage guys, but uh, the the one of the corners, number twenty five, who is the right corner, uh, they don't do the whole switching according to boundary of Phil. He just normally plays the right corner. Like I said before, great coverage, but very very soft. Like he can be ran over. You can push him, barely push off on him. He'll go flying. So I would like to see some of these big guys that we've seen. Some of these young guys. Um, on that side, and then running that quick game on him, seeing the challenging this guy, seeing if he can tackle. Uh, let me let me see some Tyler Vons, man. Even uh, even Sydney, <laughs> his skinny self was breaking tackles, and we know what Joe, Joseph Lewis and jo- Joshua Matarbebe would be able to do. Um, let's let's get that quick game going. Let's get some of these rhythm passes going. Let's see some more screen passes to get Sam going. Let's. Get it to where it's just a rhythm and timing based offense and let's take away some of the progression based stuff down the field until you can really feel as though that you can accomplish that without putting yourself in danger. I think you turn the ball over. This is a tough team right here. You're not going to want to have two turnovers against it. 
they could very well could jump on you and and get you out of there, you know, like a like a nice beating, like a nice beatdown, like one of them Jamal Charlo type beatdowns. My man Swanee know what I'm talking about. Um, so I work that work that kid right there. Uh, their normal thing I've noticed is they like to play cover one kind of rolled into a cover three. And like I said before, it's very aggressive because they have this kid, Trace, Chase Hansen, uh, strong safety. They use him like Florida State uses Derwin James. I mean, he's all over. He's blitzing from a stand-up seven technique. He's playing an outside linebacker off the ball. Uh, he, he, he can be out there deep. You'll see him playing in the slot. He's a big hitter. He'll light you up. I really like his skill set. So make sure you watch out for that guy. But somebody's like that and they're using them you want to get him in coverage so run your cheetah personnel run your queen personnel 10 personnel go after it that way so uh those are some of the things i saw some of the run concepts you know i gotta talk about those man i saw them pulling the tackling guard on a counter with jet action i saw them running out of the pistol doing that i saw them running from gun uh, i saw offset pistol they use an h-back and so they'll do some of that split zone stuff, running across formation blitz, cross formation blocking. Uh, they like to they like to ham it up, man. They they'll throw you a whole bunch of different looks on both offense and defense. They'll roll into a three four type look with your man Hanson, but they normally play a base odd. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, a base even front. So you're gonna have four down linemen. They have a whole bunch of the, like they got a Samoan squad. Those guys, those guys be. They play hard, man. Uh, I would try to pronounce a lot of these names, man, but I don't want to embarrass myself in order. I don't like mispronouncing people's names. So that's on offense and defense. So Utah really gets it in with the Polynesian community, and these boys playing hard. So that's going to be fun to watch. That's always definitely fun to watch in the trenches. I'm never going to forget that dude from Washington State, though, Hercules. Man, number 50, I had to talk about that on my Alabama show. I ain't never seen a six uh 250 pound defensive tackle killing folks like that <laughs> rushing from a shade one technique nasty completely nasty but from a personnel standpoint sc obviously has better players but utah might be better coached might be better coach all around so some of this might even itself out we'll see man but you know, when you're going against those teams with 21 personnel, that pro personnel, and they're running a spread, I see them running uh, like a trips to the field side and running some of those now route screen passes. I saw them working the boundary. Boundary football, man, that's some of my favorite stuff, man. Running to the boundary, throwing screens into the boundary because it's quick hitting, it's physical. You don't have much room to offer, operate. But if you break one in the boundary, you're gone because it's hard for somebody to come from the field side and assist. So that's why people like to run in the boundary. I know a lot of people complain about it, at least when I covered uh, the University of Georgia, because they like to work the boundaries where they would be complaining. They're like, why would they throw a pitch into that small, the short side of the field? I'm like, because that's where men play, homie. That's where men play. When you're, doing, when you're out there doing the, the drills in practice and they put us and we have to do the thing like the blind man, the squirrel and the mouse or whatever they would call it, where we turn around and just have to hit the guy. You're not doing it to the field side. You're doing that bad boy in a darn something that's not as wide as this desk. So that way you can get that much more physical. So a lot of physicality needs to be coming from SC. Uh, you're going to have to be assignment sound because these guys will give you motions and stuff and shifts. 
trade game. They'll work with that as well. It should be a really good game. So I'm going to have to go, let's say, 28, 24, Southern Cal. Let's go. All right, so that's the show for today. Scheme to death. Make sure you get on over to Trojansports.com. Copy yourself a subscription so we can see what's going on. Man, I'm going to have to start a Patreon account or something like that, man. Somebody, everybody always hitting me up. Oh, speaking of, if you want to hit me up and you like what you hear here and you just want to talk football, talk Trojans or whatever like that, I'm always up for it. Hit me up, MurphBaldwin at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MurphBaldwin. That's M-U-R-F-B-A-L-D-W-I-N. But check your boy out. Hit me up on the email. I'm still old school. I'll communicate that way if necessary. Might have to start a Patreon account or something like that, man. Let you boys fund this bad boy because everybody's always like, man, we want more of you, Murph. We have more of your podcast, more of your writings and stuff like that I'm like man hit up your local chris p swanson adam maya tell him you want murph to go on full time tell him you like the work you like how i get down all right but copy yourself a subscription so we can make that happen right but this has been scheme to death so you check this bad boy out subscribe to it tell a friend and i am out <laughs>